What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. Would you like to get more media attention for your business? I'm talking about being mentioned in articles or getting interviewed or being featured on podcasts or in magazines or on popular blogs and websites. Who wouldn't, right? Well, the typical knowledge that we hear is that you should just reach out and pitch yourself to journalists. But this week, I'm speaking with Lisa Simone Richards, who's telling us a different approach that we can take. She actually advocates making friends with journalists over social media and making connections with them in advance, building that relationship so that you're front of mind and when they have a story, they get in touch with you. It's a really interesting approach to flipping media relations on its head. And I think if you ever feel uncomfortable with pitching yourself, you're really going to like this approach. As always, you can get all the show notes and everything, all the links and everything we've talked about in this episode back on the website, which is at wellpreneuronline.com. And did you know that there's so many Wellpreneurs out there who still don't know what podcasts are, which is totally crazy, right? So what I'd like to invite you to do is not to just spread the word about the podcast, but sometime this week, actually, when you're with a friend, take their phone, show them the podcast app, and just show them all this amazing learning and inspiration that they can have access to. Because I think that tends to be the big hurdle is that people just have heard of what a podcast is, but have no idea how to listen to one. And as you know, it's actually pretty easy. So reach out this week. And if you know any Wellpreneur friends, when you're out with them, just ask them if they listen to the podcast and subscribe them right on their phone. That would be so awesome to spread the word. And not just to my podcast, do it for some of your favorite podcasts just to help reach a new audience. We'd all appreciate that. Anyway, I hope you'll find this week's episode really inspiring. And definitely pop by the Facebook group, which is called the Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind Facebook group. We're almost at a thousand members. So if just a few more of you listening who've never joined that group, if you come over to the Facebook group this week, we're going to hit a thousand members, which is amazing. And so you can come and tell me what you learned from this episode and we can help each other get bigger outreach for our wellness businesses, which would be really awesome. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode about making friends with the media. Hey, Lisa, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me on, Amanda. I'm really excited to be here today. I know you're a podcast listener and you approached me about this topic, building up relationships with people in the media before pitching your business. And I thought that was so interesting. I really wanted to have you on the show to explore this a bit because we haven't talked about it before. So could we start off? Could you tell everyone a little bit about what you do and what your business is? Sure, definitely. So I run a business called Make Media Friends, and it's an online school for health, fitness, and wellness entrepreneurs to learn how to create their own PR opportunities and develop media relationships. So for the last 10 years in my career, I've been working with a lot of consumer brands 
consumer brands, and especially in the last seven years, health, fitness, and wellness brands to get press for their businesses, essentially helping them get media coverage on TV and magazines, blogs, newspapers, et cetera, so that they have the opportunity to talk to their target audience on a really broad scale and share their key messages in an effort to bring more people into their businesses. Awesome. Cool. So I know one thing that's going to come up for a lot of people listening is, yeah, we all think media attention would be awesome and we wish we could get more of it. But I have a feeling a lot of people out there will feel like, "Mm, maybe I'm not ready yet. Like, is this something I should really be doing or do I need to wait till I'm a certain level? So what do you think about that? When is the right time to start thinking about media coverage? You know, I think it's challenging because we all at some point or another get that imposter syndrome getting at us and we're not sure if we're really qualified to do it. But the fact is you're already running a business. You are already an expert. I imagine if you run a health, fitness or wellness brand or you're a coach in some capacity, you're an expert. So believe in yourself. You absolutely have the authority and the credibility to be sharing your expert insight. Awesome. And I imagine that since you're talking about building relationships, it's not like something that just happens overnight anyway. So much like building an audience, you want to start a bit early so that these relationships are there when you need them. That's exactly it, Amanda. So many people will reach out to the media when they're ready for a story and when they want something from them. But you and I both know we're so much likely, we're so much more likely to help people who are our friends rather than someone who's a stranger. So if you take that proactive effort to start being of service to the media, connecting them with other experts when they need someone, offering your services however best you can serve their audience, that way when they're looking for someone, they're more than likely going to be like, oh, you know what, this person has helped me out before and I could use them as an expert in this article I'm working on. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your approach a bit because it's not like just looking up contact details of journalists and pitching them your idea. Right. Your, tell us about your approach because it's a bit different than what we've heard from other people. Yeah, because, you know, most publicists will take a proactive approach to media. And I absolutely do that with my clients as well, where, you know, you come up with a pitch and send that out to a very targeted, curated list of media personalities. But what I really love doing is getting people in a position where they can prepare themselves for reactive opportunities. So once you go out of your way to establish those relationships with various journalists, writers, producers, et cetera, then when they're looking for an expert source, Hopefully you'll be in a position where, you know, let's say, for example, a morning show has a cancellation for a segment and they need to fill seven minutes with fitness content. How awesome would it be for you to get that phone call from the producers like, hey, I'm in a pinch. I have this seven minute segment opportunity on fitness and I would love for you to host it. Are you available? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's like the dream, right? Oh, especially. <laughs> and when you think about how much you would spend on an ad spot for a TV show, which is only going to be 20 seconds, plus the cost of the creative, how much better is it to get seven minutes of free on-air time with that third-party endorsement from the media source you're working with? Mm-hmm. And of course, we all love to collect those as seen on logos on our websites. Totally. I love that you said collect them because it is kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, it's such a it's such a little trophy. You know, every time you get another one, it feels great to know that you've been recognized for your authority and credibility. And it, you know, it helps separate you from your competitors that much more when prospective customers are considering who they want to do business with in the industry. So how long does this take? I mean, because I can imagine people might be a bit skeptical, like, oh yeah, that's great, but Like, what are we talking about? Like developing a relationship for years or what's the Oh, no, I don't think it has to take that long at all. I mean, so I think one of the great things we have available to us nowadays, you know, when I was in PR 10 years ago, we had this really fancy $7,000 a year media database where you could find your email addresses and phone numbers. But with social media, things have changed so much that it's really accessible now 
to see who the right media you need to connect with are using Twitter, using Facebook, using LinkedIn, and all those other social networking tools. So one thing I always advise is to create a private list on Twitter of the media that you do want to connect with. And then just check that private list every single day. See what they're tweeting about. If they need help, you can retweet and share their contest, their content, sorry. And that way you're starting to get on their radar before you even need anything. You're sharing, you're being genuine, you're interacting. And that way when it comes time to pitch them, they have a sense of who you are already. So I think if you're checking in with a list like that, you know, every day, every few days, you can start making relationships within a matter of days or weeks. It just depends somewhat on the effort that you're going to put into it. So I would say, you know, putting in five to 10 minutes a day, just even five days a week, think about the coverage that can potentially result in down the line. Mm -hmm. So how do you get started doing this? Like, I mean, it seems like you need to pull a list of this media that you want to connect with. So how do you even, like, how do you recommend people even get started with that, that they even know who to start following? For sure. So the first thing I would do, I would do is make sure you know who your audience is and identify what media they're consuming. You know, if you're going to build a relationship with Forbes while they're all, your consumers are reading Shape magazine, that's not really useful. So even just talk to your clients. What do, what TV shows do you watch? What websites do you go to? What newspapers are you reading? or magazines are you looking at? And start pulling lists from there. And also one thing I really think people do need to consider is that every whenever I work with clients, you know, they come to me with a dream of being on the big national newspapers or in huge TV shows with killer reach across all of Canada. But the truth is, if you're serving a very hyper-local community, don't discount the benefit of using hyper-local news sources because you can only reach so many people in that kind of a business. But if you do have the opportunity to, to connect with an international audience, you know, maybe online is going to be a better idea for you. So first of all, definitely figure out what your target audience is reading. And one thing I love to advise people of doing is creating a healthy media mix. And what I mean by media mix is come up with a few different sources because we all consume information differently. So maybe your clients prefer to read a magazine versus a newspaper, or maybe some prefer to watch TV. So I think if you can identify two TV outlets, two websites, two newspapers, and two magazines, and essentially come up with a perfect 10 in that list, that's going to be really helpful in uh, connecting with your target customer on different touch points. And then once you know what those sources are, then you can go into looking to who the actual freelance writers or lifestyle editors or health and fitness producers may be that are are worth starting to uh, create a list for and start developing relationships with. Got it. Okay. So we, we, it all comes back to our target market. It's so funny. (laughs) Like everyone out there, if you're still hesitant about picking your target market, you really just need to jump in and do it. Cause look, it has like this trickle down effect on everything in your business. So you need to know what your target market is, figure out what they're reading. And you said have a nice mix of some TV and maybe radio and print online and all of that. Identify those, then go to those sources and figure out who are those people that are writing about that stuff and then connect with them on like follow them on social media. Perfect. So it does take a little bit of research in the beginning, but it can pay off in spades. Like one example I would love to share with you is a few years ago, I connected with a national, a writer for the national newspaper, the Globe and Mail here in Canada. She wrote their fitness section and I started following her on Twitter and we started just interacting, talking about work. And then I saw her tweet something about her cat and I have two cats. So we started talking about that. And then we turned into friends and genuine friends. Like we still hang out nowadays and it has nothing to do with work. But every time she wrote a fitness story and she needed something related to a boot camp or kickboxing, which were two brands that I worked with, she came to me. So that ended up getting us, you know, something like maybe three to five stories in national newspapers. It got us stories on different websites that she was a freelance writer for. So, and then we were selling our boot camps out. So that relationship, just taking a few minutes a day 
turned me into such a great source for her. And it paid off in terms of the business perspective as well. Okay, awesome. So now I think what everyone's going to wonder is, how do you actually have anything interesting to say that's not a pitch? Like, how are you, how do you approach having a relationship? So you guys were like talking about cats. Like, that's cool. So you just make a comment on one of her posts and she wrote back to you and you just started that way. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, some, it depends on how the media source themselves want to use social. Some of them will use it strictly professionally and maybe they'll tweet, you know, I'm working on this story and I need an expert, you know, a skincare expert. And maybe that isn't what you are, but you know, somebody who is. So you can always tweet back to them and be like, Hey, you know, type in the handle of the person you're recommending. Obviously make sure it's a very good recommendation because, you know, that's your Mm -hmm. own reputation on the line there, but be a source for them, be a connector for them, help serve them first. You know, I always advise, you know, you can, uh, click like on their articles. You can share them. You can comment them. If you need it, if you read another story that relates to something that they have published, you can be like, Hey, I know you wrote this piece. How about checking this out for an alternative perspective? Just things that are starting a conversation that have nothing to do with your business at this point. Mm -hmm. I think everyone always really appreciates, you know, genuine positive feedback on their work and the media are no different. So, you know, if you tell them you love a piece that they wrote, that always bodes well. In your experience, is Twitter the best for this? Because that's what you've been talking about. I mean, does it is that kind of like a standard for what most journalists are using, or is that does it just depend on the person? It will depend on the person. I do find Twitter to be a fantastic resource for it. You know, social media can serve in different capacities for helping you create those media relationships. So I love to use Twitter as an initial connection with somebody. Facebook pers- private profiles, obviously, you know, you don't touch those right away until you actually are friends with someone. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn is a great tool to use to see, you know, where have people moved to? They're always moving around in the industry and that'll probably give you the most up-to-date results. I also love using stuff like, you know, if you're looking to do, let's say you want to be on a live TV show, start experimenting with YouTube Live, with Periscope, with Facebook Live to make sure that you can actually perform on live camera and know how to react if you trip up over your words. If you're looking to do a recorded TV show, start filming videos on YouTube and start editing them, getting constructive criticism. So there are lots of ways that you can incorporate social media into developing content that you can use to pitch for yourself and into finding and creating those relationships with media. So when do you know when it's the right point to pitch something or are you recommending like not pitching something and instead just waiting for like building that relationship, staying front of mind and kind of waiting for them to come to you? How do you handle Oh, no, I think you should definitely take a proactive approach and pitch them when the time is right. So one opportunity, you know, if you have something new and noteworthy coming out, absolutely. One of my favorite things to do to get press for my clients is something called newsjacking. So, you know, there are always new stories of the day coming out. How can your business potentially relate to that? Is there a new study that was just launched that could impact the fitness industry? Catalyze on that. Say, you know, I saw you just did a story on this and I can speak to it from this expert angle as well. So that's a great way to take advantage of news already taking place. It's super timely and it's great for the media and it helps serve them as a source. Cool. I love that idea. Awesome. So what do you, you know, from working with all these health and wellness practitioners, these wellpreneurs, what do you see as some common mistakes that, that wellpreneurs are making when dealing with the media? Yeah, no, I definitely have a few that I can share. The first one I see is making it all about yourself. One of the best things that I learned in PR school, and it, you know, it's really harsh, but it's true. Nobody cares about your business more than you do. So if you're going to go pitch someone and say, hey, I'm doing this great thing and I have this business, that's not a story to them. You know, you have to think about it from the bigger picture. How is it going to serve their audience? How can you pitch your business in a way that it, it relates to a bigger story that's helping them out? So that's definitely one thing I think that I see a lot of people do. They make it very self-serving when really you do need to keep the audience in mind and think about how you can serve them best. 
Some other mistakes I see people making are not understanding lead times appropriately. So something that a number of entrepreneurs may not be aware of is that different publications and outlets have different amounts of time that it takes to go from production of the concept to the actual final product. So for an example of that is with you know our favorite glossy magazines like Shape, Health, Fitness, etc. Those ones take about four to six months to come to light. So, you know, we're recording this in June right now. They're already working in their November, December issues. So, you know, if you're trying to pitch them a story for September, that ship's already sailed. Whereas with TV shows, it can be anywhere from a matter of days to four to six weeks. So really understand what the timing is with the outlets you're working for so that you can create the appropriate work back plan so that something comes to press at the right timing for your business. Definitely have your key messages prepared in advance. Have an idea of how you would want to respond to the questions, what messages you want to share on behalf of your business. And oh, what else can I do? I, you know, I can give you a whole list of Amanda. Well, let's, let's dig into a couple of those. So, yeah, sure. I mean, like, first of all, the timing. I think that's such a good point. And one thing I imagine a lot of people are thinking is, well, I don't even know what I'm doing like in the next two weeks. Because I find that a lot of wellpreneurs just starting out don't have any plan. I mean, their plan is just get clients or make sales. And they don't really have any sort of like long-term plan. And in that case, I think it's, it could feel really daunting to try to anticipate, oh, what am I going to want to be talking about in November? Okay. So in that case, you know, then maybe magazines aren't the right outlet for you at this time. When you're working with newspapers, you know, in the lifestyle section of a newspaper where most wellpreneurs are going to be a fit for content, you know, those are planned about two to three weeks in advance. So, you know, that's a little more, it's not as intimidating or overwhelming to work with something like that. And again, especially if you are a hyper-local business, you're going to want to be in the community newspaper or the local newspaper anyways, because that's how you're going to target your immediate clients. Mm -hmm. Um, Also with TV, like I mentioned, that has a shorter timeline as well. Uh, Typically, morning shows have about a two to three week lead time and a daytime show will have about a four to six week lead time. So maybe you can think of a way you can be relevant on the morning news and that way you're still working in shorter time bursts. So you can acclimatize yourself to feel a little more comfortable and not as overwhelmed with looking at magazines. So, you know, not everything has to happen within a day. So maybe you start with some smaller outlets or even website first, because websites can turn things around pretty quickly. Yeah, that's a great idea. And actually my comment for everyone out there listening doesn't mean that that's the right way to go ahead. Actually, I think it's really good to have a plan, even though you don't, you don't know exactly what that's going to look like. But I think you'll find that you're a lot more focused if you kind of map out where you want to be over the next few months. But I just know that the reality is oh, a lot of people aren't planning ahead that much. So I think that's really great advice to go for different types of, different types of outlets. Yeah, definitely. And you know, a great thing with media content is that media begets media. It tends to have a snowball effect. So once you get your first piece of coverage, then another outlet may be interested in working with you. So, you know, you can even just start out smaller with the newspapers and the TV shows. And who knows, maybe the magazine editor is going to read about you in something else and they will come to you. Right. So that's a really good point. And that kind of brings us to our websites. Like, do we need to have a media page on our website? I think it's a great idea to do everything that you can to make a journalist's job as easy as possible. So again, I know that we're all growing our businesses and we're not necessarily in an immediate place to have this, but even if you're not able to get it on a drop on a website right away, even if you have a Dropbox file with, you know, your press releases, your high resolution images, uh, your key messages, your history, your facts about the company. If you have that all in one available hub for the media, you've just saved them so much time. So again, the person who makes their job the easiest is the one who's going to get the coverage. Right. Okay. Awesome. And what happens when we do get media coverage? Like, how do you make the most of that? 
Yeah. So if you know in advance that it's going to be happening, I definitely recommend, you know, tweeting it, putting it out on Snapchat, Instagram, whatever social network of your choice is saying that this is coming up and always be sure to tag the outlet in that because chances are they're going to give you a share or a retweet. And then of course, once the coverage has happened, you know, if you're using a social media scheduling tool like Edgar, that's a great way to ensure that people always know that this piece of media content has happened. And of course, you know, make sure you're putting up those logos that you've been seen as a fitness expert in this magazine or TV show. Right. Okay. Because I guess that helps not only not give, that not only gives you credibility with like your clients that are coming to your website, but also if any other journalists come through and look at your website, they think, oh, right, she's already been featured. So she's probably a safe bet as a guest. Definitely. And, you know, me are always looking for, to see how you perform. So for an example, you know, a lot of people have a goal of getting on national television. They're not going to put someone that they've never seen on TV before on a national live show. So when you're putting up those media clips from some of the more smaller local things you've done, then when they're looking for a source, they automatically see, oh yeah, she's done a really good job. She'll be great. Cool. So what else do we need to know, Lisa? Is there anything else you want to share about, yeah, just to help the Wellpreneurs really be smarter about getting media coverage? You know, I think social media gives us a really good opportunity to create our own content. So, you know, we're writing our blogs, we're doing our videos, we're engaging with our audience, but make sure that you're taking advantage of that content that you're creating and using it in a way that can position yourself for media. So for example, if you know that there is that, like we, we discussed newsjacking a few minutes ago, if an article has come out and you want to share your commentary on it, blog about it and then send that to a journalist and they can be like, oh, that's a really interesting point of view that they have. I'd love to do an, an interview with them. So start making your content work for you in a way that not only does it serve your audience, but it can also serve as a jump off point for media coverage. Awesome. Okay. That's really interesting. So basically instead of just pitching an idea, like why don't you actually write about it from your yeah. and then share that with people? Definitely. It creates your content. It gives you a platform to put it out for. And you've already established yourself as an expert to the media now. So, you know, you're all the more believable. Totally. So for those people out there listening that haven't, maybe haven't gotten very much media coverage, or it's just kind of been haphazard, like don't, they don't really have a plan for it. What are a few simple steps you'd recommend that they can get started with this week? Ooh, that's a really good question. Uh, Think about what you have coming up in the future. What do you want to promote? Have you invited media? You know what? Here's one really great thing that people can do right away. If you've never had media to your place before, host a media event. It's relatively easy to do depending on what your business is. Um, Whether you're in a service-based business or you run a fitness studio, pair up with other like-minded businesses. So let's say for the example that you run an aerial yoga studio, why not connect with a naturopath and a healthy food company and a green juice company to have a kind of media open house where they can come and do a class and get a workout. They can try the foods and you can all work together to create an intimate and exclusive event that gives them a preview of what you're doing. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And it's a great way, you know, it gets them out of the office a little bit early. Everybody loves that. And it's a really kind of an opportunity to give them a sneak peek right into your business, give them that opportunity to mingle with one another because, you know, everyone in the same beat, they all know each other. And that's a great way to get coverage for your brand. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Okay. So ba- I'd love it if you could, we could keep going on this idea though of like the first, the first few tasks that people could do this week to really get started. Okay. So definitely identify who those target media outlets are. And then drill down a little bit further to see who the appropriate media contacts are if you're looking for a beauty editor or a fitness editor. And definitely, I would say create that Twitter list right now. Do a private Twitter list of who those journalists are so that you can start seeing what they're chatting about, what they're looking for. You can do that literally in a matter of 15 minutes and start building those relationships today. 
Awesome. Lisa, this was like the most action packed. <laughs> like, and I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. There's so much more to go into. <laughs> I mean, do you have any more, if you feel free to share like any more gems that you have about that people who really need to know? Sure. So one thing that I've loved to educate uh, entrepreneurs on is the availability of a media kit. And a lot of people aren't aware that these exist. So let's say, for example, there's a certain magazine that you want to see yourself featured in. Google that magazine's name plus the media kit. And this is something that exists primarily for advertisers and publicists. And it talks about the exact demographic that they reach, the psychographics that they reach, um, how many average clicks they get to the website on a month, what their, how many people pick up the actual print issue. But it also has something in there called an editorial calendar. And typically the editorial team will sit down once a year and break down what their content is going to be for the rest of the year. So you can actually look and see, okay, September, they're writing about this content, October, they're writing about that. And you can have a sneak peek, a sneak preview of what's to come. So if you see yourself as a fit anywhere in there, you can easily write it to uh, an editor and be like, hey, I know in October, you're going to be covering healthy skincare and I'm a dermatologist and I would love to share these tips with your readers. You've just done their job for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And that, and because you're actually pitching them exactly what they're going to be covering, you, I'm sure you have a much better chance of getting in there. Definitely. And it really shows that you've taken the time to care about what they're talking about and to their audience, as opposed to just being self-serving, being like, hey, look at me. This is what I do. Write about me. You're actually really being of service to them. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved with doing PR specifically for the wellness industry? You know what? It's really funny because I thought I would work in the automotive industry. But one day I was working at a PR agency and I didn't love being in an agency setting specifically because the hours were crazy and you got assigned clients. So I got assigned a food client that I would never in a million years eat. And it felt really weird to try and be pitching people to tell them to eat this stuff. So at the time I was going to a boot camp with a girlfriend and it turned out they were hiring for a PR coordinator. So I applied, I did that for four years. And then after I left there, I was like, okay, if I work at another fitness company, I've now niched myself in this market and I probably will be able to get out of it. But then again, I love it. So I'm in a position where I get to merge my personal and my professional passions together. So I've been just doing it ever since in a a bunch of various capacities. So I've worked with startups, I've worked with multinational corporations, multi-million dollar corporations. And now I'm loving working with everyone who's left their safe corporate nine to five job to pursue what they're really passionate about. So what do you think, I'm curious in your take on the industry and like, what are you seeing in terms of like well-being and health and wellness in the media? Health and fitness is really interesting because on one level, it's kind of the same. Every January, we're going to see a story about how you can lose weight or what the latest diet is. Some things are just staples that don't really change. But on the other hand, it's such a fickle industry because, you know, the trends are always changing. This year, it's about CrossFit. That year, it's about Pilates. The next year, it's about something else. So it's very interesting that on it's fitness is so dichotomous on both sides of that. It's kind of standard and regimented, but it's also very trend-driven. So anywhere you can find a way to capitalize on some of those trends, you know, pay attention to what's going on in the trade magazines. That's a really good um, idea because the consumers aren't getting that information. So see what the trade magazines for your industry are talking about and see how you can translate that to consumers. I think that's a really good way to get insights out there. Yeah, definitely. Because I can see like, you know, something like, let's take a couple of years ago when kale was really trendy. Oh gosh. (laughs) Kale's like the hot new ingredient. Everybody's talking about kale. And so I'd imagine there's a gazillion journalists that suddenly need some expert quote about kale. And so I I see what you're saying. Like if you can figure out, well, what's the hot thing right now? And how do I tie my business into that? And can I be, give expert quotes around that 
area. And you know, you know what else is also really interesting to do? Just go against the grain. If everyone's talking about kale, be like, kale isn't the new superfood. Try spirulina or, you know, whatever it might be, because I'm not a nutritionist. So I can't comment on what the latest superfood is. But, you know, even try just being different. Do something that goes against the grain, because that's also going to stand out as well. And that kind of stuff you can write on your own blog as well as pitch to journalists, right? Definitely. And then, you know, maybe your your blog is even just a preview for them of the kind of content you could create for their publication and expand upon. I mean, I'm seeing that in wellness and, and I, I've been really fortunate because I'm American and I've got a lot of clients in America, but I've been living in London for seven years and now I'm in Hong Kong. So I've kind of been able to see the wellness industry in different places around the world. And to me, like... It, we are in such a period of incredible growth where wellness is really getting out of, it's not, it's no longer just like a, a really high-end niche thing. It's really trickling down into the mainstream. Definitely. And, and I think I would imagine that's going to impact media coverage as well, because it means there's a whole more, it's not just yoga journal and prevention that are talking about wellness topics where we've got every, every media outlet is starting to cover this as it comes into consciousness. I think that's probably a huge, you know, still a huge growing opportunity for wellpreneurs. Yeah. So it's definitely growing the media opportunities in terms of, like you had mentioned, you're not just seeing it in the specialty magazines. All of the lifestyle magazines tend to have a health section in it, or at least a fitness section. Weekly newspapers will cover it. So it's, it's a hot topic and there are always studies coming out. So pay attention to what those different studies are and find a way that you can integrate yourself in there. Do you find that wellpreneurs tend to talk a lot? Like one thing that I see is we talk a lot about our modalities or like specifically what we're doing, which really is confusing to people and not that interesting because people just want to focus on the result and what they're going to get. So can you talk about that a bit? Like yeah. how you advise your clients to kind of get around that? Because that is a tendency that we're like, well, I'm an iridologist or I'm an acupuncturist and you just want to talk all about your your practice, like what you do. And, and But most people just don't even know what that means. And I see that with a lot of my professional clients who are doctors, for sure, because they want to, you know, they want to show how smart they are and their expertise, and they're absolutely there. But I always liken it to, um, you know, when I see my accountants, I'm like, I don't care about the details of these stocks and mutual funds, just make me money. So that's what I always advise my clients to do too. Let's nail it down to some sound bites. Let's position it in a way that the consumer is going to care about it because they're not so interested in the details. And if they are, they're going to do the research. So think about the way that you can communicate your messages in you know, five cent words or sound bites that people can relate to without going crazy into the nitty gritty. Because while it does make you sound professional, it doesn't necessarily make you interesting. So the way that you can really translate the benefits to the client and the easiest way to consume that information is really going to serve you well. And do you always need to be talking about your business when you're interviewed in the media? Like, how can we make sure that people are really coming back to our business? It's great to be able to talk about your business. But again, like I'd mentioned with the newsjacking trend, you can talk about the news stories of the day and how you relate to that and how you can fit into those. Um, it doesn't always have to come back to you. And always think about even, you know, guest posting is a great thing to do as well because you get that byline at the bottom that gives a little bit of a bio about you and a link to your website. So contributing content is a great way to get your business and brand out there, even if you're talking about a topic that isn't 100% tied in directly to your business. Cool. Well, Lisa, this has been super informative. Thank you so much. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, get in touch if they want to learn more or learn from you more about how to get media coverage? Definitely. So they can find, everyone can find me at www.makemediafriends.com. And I have a free resource there available on seven ways to get press for your health and fitness wellness business right now. So that's a quick download that'll give you some ideas that you can implement today to start getting your business out there and get noticed and get clients. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get all of the links to everything we discussed over on the website, which is at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget to come join us in the Facebook group, which is the Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind Facebook group. It's totally free to join and it's a promotion-free zone and everybody's in there asking questions and supporting each other and sharing resources. And on Wednesday, you can talk about your latest blog post or share something that you're working on. It's really awesome. And we're almost at a thousand members. So please, please, if you haven't joined yet, come on over and join us in the Facebook group and connect with the rest of the Wellpreneur community. Okay, I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll see you back here next week with the next episode. Bye.